Fidget, a BFRB podcast. Hey everyone, thank you again for joining us on another Fidget Experiment. We're alternating the open conversation episodes with Adele with these more narrative ones. I was writing an intro for our theme today, but realized our guest does it herself. You know, I always imagine those like police interrogation scenes where you have like the lamp and then you're like shining the lamp in your face and it's like, what is it? Why do you want to be con- conventionally beautiful? Huh? And then it's just me like sitting in the chair. It's like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm socialized to be this way. I don't know. If that doesn't hook you, there's literally nothing else I can say. Buckle up, folks. All right. Hi, everybody. Hi, Jason's listeners. Maybe that one friend that you mentioned that you sent the podcast to. Hello. <laughs> My name is Joyce. <laughs> um, I have trichotillomania. So I pull the, or I compulsively pull the hair, mostly from my scalp, but, you know, I dabble. Like, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll migrate. I, I feel like I tend to pull in like one section. And then once that area is kind of like depleted, like, you know how. Uh, you know how monoculture works? Are you familiar with agriculture? Yeah, like corns, Monsanto. <laughs> Corn, yeah. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So basically they like use a plot of land until it's like depleted of nutrients, yeah, right? Yeah. I feel like I do that with my hair where like I'll get like really obsessed with like um like the back of my like the back top of my head. And then once that's kind of like there's nothing left for me. I'll find a spot like in the front, um, like the crown of my head. And then once that's done, this part is the back part has like replenished itself. So yeah, welcome to the Monsanto of BFRBs. Um, <laughs> that's what's happening here. As you can already tell, Joyce is a very fun person to talk to. Our conversation starts with the use of her wig. Yeah, so I started like learning more about wigs specifically for like BFRB purposes in like 20 or mid 2019 let's say I was like vaguely familiar with wigs because (laughs) because I go to anime conventions like everyone at anime conventions like is like an encyclopedia of like wig knowledge for (laughs) no damn reason everybody is like a freaking wig expert and just kind of having that as like a oh yeah, wigs don't have to be like so medical and like serious and like depressing. It's like, no, it can, like people wear wigs like for fun to dress up like cartoon characters. It's amazing. (laughs) Yeah, so I got this wig and worked out really well for me. I think for some people it's not, they don't get as lucky. I did find that from wearing a wig, it's one of the few things that like kind of neutralizes my desire to pull, weirdly enough. Um, I think it's something, you know, like I've tried hats, I've tried like covering my hair, but I think it's something about how like snug it is and like how it just fits to your head. Interesting, right? It's snug, it neutralizes the desire to pull, but Joyce talks about how it was a gamble to try out. Yeah, yeah. I, so I got a human hair wig, which was like expensive. Um, so so I've, I live in Canada and um, customs and all that fun stuff is not very whoop whoop raise the roof it's like the opposite of that so it made my expensive purchase even more expensive just like economically the way that I put it was like you know I've been avoiding the hair salon for so long this is just what do you call it 
you know, the credits from that going into this. <laughs> it's it's all hair yes. money in the end, right? It's hair like money. it's the hair money goes to the haircut or the hair money goes to the wig. Whatever. So let's talk hair money. Background context for everybody. Um, since I have trichotillomania, I've been really afraid of going to the hair salon. And so I haven't gone to a hair salon in over like 10 years. I've cut my own hair uh, for many, many years. And most of the time I cut my hair like in the middle of the night. I don't know. It's like a weird, I have a weird like vibe with haircuts. It's always like a midnight panic haircut. You it's never. You... Is it like Mulan yeah. style with a knife? <laughs> it feels like that level of drama because the only time I ever cut my hair was to like kind of hide the fact that like my hair was so thin so it would be like really uneven and so I'm like okay well if I just cut off the uneven bits no one will have to know and it's always out of like like a fear thing it's like an anxiety it's very anxiety motivated um so I just like never liked haircut time (laughs) um I just associated it with like a lot of bad feelings for a long long time Bad haircut feelings equals many years of hair credits to cash in for expensive wigs. But this currency conversion is not without its problems. I know some people, like, different people's reaction, like, BFRB reaction to wigs is different. Um, But for me, I do, like, still pull the hair on my wig. And at first I was really, like, guilty about it. I was like, oh, I spent so much money, like, blah, 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 blah. I've had this wig for, like, two years with pulling it on it consistently and it looks totally fine like it looks totally fine and then I had to think about like okay well if I'm upset about the money you know that I spent on this wig what do what kind of value do I put in like the hair growing out of my literal scalp like what's Mm. what's your deal there and so the (laughs) self-interrogation just continues another day <laughs> the interrogation lamp is now on maximum intensity. Joyce explores her initial reasons for getting the wig. Initially, I thought that like, oh yeah, I'll just wear this wig so that I can like look nice for like good occasions or like special occasions or something. But then I was like, well, why is it so important for me to like look nice? And then I'm like, okay, I'm not looking nice. I'm just looking conventionally attractive. And then so I was like, Huh, interesting, interesting. This is in contrast with how she'll wear the wig right now, which, like we mentioned, is neutralizing her urge to pull. The act of wearing the wig by myself when nobody sees me, when I have no meetings, I'm not being perceived by, like, other people, it's kind of a power move because it's, oh, I'm wearing this because, like, I want to protect the hair growing out of my scalp. And not because I want to look to a certain standard in, like, the world. Which is kind of a trip to work through. So let's work through it. Who is this wig really for? You know, a lot of people, like, really love their wigs and their toppers, which is just, like, half wig, basically. And people really love, you know, fake hair, essentially. Like, you know, wigs and stuff. But I always question, it's like, okay, but like, why? It still feeds into the idea that like, you can't be happy unless you have long hair. For me, it was a really like, slippery slope between, am I happy because I look normal with air quotations? And like, if that's making me happy, like, is that what I want to make me happy? And the answer to that was no. 
Um, so having to like reframe like the motivation behind the wig, I know everyone's just like, shut up. It's just a wig, like just enjoy it. But like, I can't live like that guys. This is just how I'm built. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I really like to question like the, like the motivation behind certain decisions that I'm making. So sometimes I feel the need, like the need to wear the wig. I'll be like, Oh, like we have like a meeting with like all my coworkers or like, Oh, like I'm going to like meet this person that, you know, it's like a new friend. I don't want them to like, you know, perceive me. So I have to catch myself in those moments when I feel like I have to look a certain way and then be like, aha, there you are, you son of a bitch. Like, <laughs> got him. <laughs> and just be like, yeah, it's like, it's like, why, why are you like this? Um, and like, you don't, you know, basically like, oh, I don't need to like look a certain way for people to like me, essentially. <laughs> Hmm. Nah, it's tough being socialized as a woman, Jason. Like, shit's hard. <laughs> shit's hard. Me and my double X chromosomes are not happy. <laughs> and not just Joyce. I'm inviting back Barbara Lally, author of The Trickster Diaries, guest on episode 12 of Fidget, and another owner of double X chromosomes to share experiences about body image as well. Growing up, I always felt ugly. Like, like straight up ugly. Like how could I look at myself in the mirror with no eyelashes and eyebrows and missing hair and be like, that's what beauty, like what beauty is, especially like to be a little girl. And you're like, Oh, you know, when you're younger, Oh, the desires of the boys, you know, like you want to be popular. There's these like, you know, strange pressures that come on at at such a young age, like younger than what is appropriate to be this desirable, likable person. As far as my BFRB goes, you know, a lot of my negative self-talk did start because I felt undesirable to people. And so I started to have that like complex of like, well, you know, I'm jealous of her because she has a full set of eyelashes and I don't. And so instead of like reaching for and this is when I'm like super young, like I'm not, you know, I'm not even, you know, educated enough at this point to like really think clearly so I'm like jealous of her she has long hair down her back and I'm like no f her like she's so pretty like that's not fair (laughs) yeah instead of like having that relationship with my girlfriends to build myself up it was it all felt competitive and so that's an issue in itself because we shouldn't be competing against each other but at such a young age, I'm already like doing that. And I'm like, what? I'm ranking myself to compare to you and you to her and me all for the attention of people that I don't even really like. It's just like the general idea of being desirable. So that's annoying. So annoying. Being plagued by this ever-present amorphous cloud. Maybe computer viruses aren't a big deal anymore. But I used to remember being hyper-conscious of this feeling of an uninvited entity running in the background 24-7, draining my poor little laptop's battery life. So Joyce, how can we clean up our mental hard drive? Even like outside of BFRB, there's this concept of like body neutrality, where like if you kind of grow up having like a distorted view of your body, or like, you know, you've indulged in a lot of negative self-talk in the past regarding your body, sometimes loving your body is a little bit unattainable. So this idea of like body neutrality um, has been like 
really helpful in like a lot of different contexts. Like I like it for my body, but I also like it for it might be a for a pee. No, there's a lot of good Reddit threads. Oh, <laughs> for so long, I could only see myself as this small, narrow-shouldered Chinese kid with glasses. You know, battling with trichotillomania during a time when appearance was everything killed me. You know, it was horrible and it would cause me to pull more. So I'm like crying because my eyelashes are gone and to soothe myself, I'm pulling my hair out and then I'm crying that my hair is pulled out. You know, it's just like, I couldn't, I could not get a grasp. And I, I felt people would tell me, you know, of course my, my parents and stuff, Oh, you're beautiful. And I'm like, who, like, you see all this, like, this isn't, Like, what are you, who are you lying to? You know, I I can look in the mirror, you know, I can see it. So body neutrality, how can we practice it? Yeah, I think a big thing is just like the language that you use. It sounds really like grossly simple. Um, But I feel like that's where it, that's kind of the core of it. Because for a lot of us, the BFRB only sounds weird, but it only exists inside our mind because we don't like talk about it to people we don't share it with other people we don't we very rarely like talk about it and like release it into the world so because a lot of it is just like in our heads and kind of examining the language that you use surrounding your bfrb is like the easiest and also the most important thing to address because i used to think that like the only way to like or the only like solutions related like that could help my BFRB is like related to growing my hair something something scalp something something you know just everything had to be hair related but then like those are kind of like the band-aid solutions growing up whenever you drove through a tunnel did you hold your breath maybe you still do it who started that what compels us to deprive ourselves of oxygen Maybe some deep, prehistoric part of our brain is telling us there might not be any air left. We gotta save what we have, operating on the bare minimum before we're out under the sun again, where we can breathe easy. For a decade, I had exactly zero explicit conversations about my BFRB. It absolutely lived only in my head. I resisted spending any time contemplating it. I tried to dart through it as quickly as possible. But where did I think I was going? It's not like I saw the light on the other side. I'm just blindly thrashing my way in this cave in a self-induced brain fog, trying to find an exit. Honestly, bless your heart brain, but terrible survival strategy. These days, I'm trying to recognize. Oh, I'm in a tunnel again. Okay, sit down. Breathe deep. Notice the feelings. Once I kind of look past, like, okay, like, why do I hate having short hair so much? Why do I aspire to want to grow my hair to a certain length so badly? And it's like, oh, yeah, well, that makes sense. I'm like, socialized to like want certain things or I associate long hair with like, popularity, social, like, social stability or whatever that people will like me more. And okay, so kind of going back a little bit to like how to how to make your language a little more neutral. Like I used to tell myself or I used to get really frustrated that I felt like my hair did like grew really slowly because I was like, oh, like I know people they have to get their hair cut like, you know, once a month because their hair grows so fast. And then I always told myself that 
my hair is so thin because I have not a lot of hair. It's thin. It grows slowly. It's like, oh, I just like hate everything about my hair. And it is hard when you're like in the thick of it and, you know, really having like a low day. But it's for those days that like you could you know, muster one okay thing to say where instead of like, you know, oh, my hair like grows so slowly. I was telling myself, no, my hair is growing like the exact speed it always grows. That's cellular reproduction. Like, that's how cell cell division works, buddy. Like, right. I don't know what you want. <laughs> and it is a little strange. If sometimes I feel like I'm really reaching where I'm like associating molecular division, but in a way that's like slight, that's comforting for me because I'm like, you know, there's more happening in my body in general that I can like perceive. I should appreciate my body for doing that shit. Like, you know, my body doesn't have to do cell division correctly. It could do it incorrectly. And then, you know, that's a lot of bad stuff comes from that. I don't know. It's kind of like being practical in terms of like understanding how the body works, understanding how like literal science works, because then you're not operating from like your feelings of like, oh, I feel like my hair is so growing so slowly. I can be like, no, like literal people spend their life's work proving like my hair is growing. Cells are dividing. It will be okay. It will be okay. Facts and feelings. One of the many benefits I'm getting from making a podcast about BFRBs is I have recordings of myself talking about my own BFRB. It's very useful to unpack the language I use to talk about it. Joyce even catches me a few times. Yeah, I would even say like... How you talk about your BFRB, like saying it's like a bad day or a good day. It's like, what does that mean? Like, what makes it like, what about it is bad that day? Is it because you picked a lot? Then like, I don't know. I feel like that, um, like the connotation, right, of language. It's tough shit. It like really does something. It's so weird. But just saying the difference between saying I had a bad BFRB day and then saying I picked more than average today it's like kind of different because I think for me I used to see not being able to control my BFRB as like a moral failure of like a failure of like me it's like oh Joyce couldn't stop herself but it's kind of like instead of you saying like this is bad therefore like I am bad kind of thing you're kind of diverting (laughs) shifting the blame okay (laughs) like you're shifting the blame because the blame doesn't like belong to you. The blame is just like, okay, one neuron commuting across the brain got lost on the way. Uh oh, neuron got into the wrong neuron house or something. And now he's like eating lunch with a raccoon. And so it's like, that's not you. It's like, it's just, it's just neuron commuting. No one's good at commuting, Jason. Everybody fucks up sometimes. <laughs> it's like yeah we don't need to like put so much um you know not, not that i'm saying like you do this i'm just saying like in general the good and the bad good day bad day my pulling was so bad why can't i control myself language ah language <laughs> you, you see what i mean it's like you're there's like stating facts and then stating like feelings and i feel like feelings I feel like stating like facts just 
removes yourself from it. So it's not like Jason is bad. It's just, we just pulled more. And then like, what's wrong with pulling more? You kind of have to ask yourself. Like for me, it would be like, okay, like what is wrong? It's like, okay, I don't like pulling my hair because I don't like how I look. Okay, that's fine. Why don't I look? Why don't I like how I look with uneven hair? Well, because in media, nobody has uneven hair. Why don't people in media have uneven hair? Because it doesn't sell stuff to people. <laughs> Hooray. Yeah. yeah, it's it's just digging. It's like mental archaeology. Like that's all this is. Oh man. In grade two, I went through a big dinosaur and Indiana Jones face. We used to have a cedar hedge fence in front of my house with this exposed dry patch of dirt underneath it. Honestly, I just plopped myself down in front of that hedge for hours. I had my dad's yellow screwdriver, a set of brushes stiff with old paint, just uncovering rocks and roots. Point is, I love digging. So let's do it. What are some alternative definitions for beauty? I don't think beauty is like a bad thing. Like sunsets are beautiful, trees and water and like little puppies are beautiful. I just think it's unfortunate that like the majority of my identity as like a double X chromosome existence is in this idea of like being beautiful and that being beautiful equals you know, your value to the world as if like, I am something to be visually consumed. And if I'm not like desirable to the male gaze, like, then what's the point of existing? Then I'm like, oh, it's really sad, I guess. Like, I know so many people who like want to cut their hair short, but they're like, no, like, I don't have the face for it. Like, I don't have like the confidence to pull it off. I'm like, why don't you have the confidence? Who is like the dumbass that took the confidence? from you to like look the way you want and for you to think that the only way to look good is a b and c when in fact it's like you know lmnop <laughs> or you know it, it's like it's a whole alphabet it's like yeah. yeah i think that like the way that you make people feel is what makes you beautiful i don't know if you've ever had like a crush on someone and like you see them and you're like wow they're so cute and then they turn out to be like a super jerk and you're like ew they're so ugly like it actually changes how you look like if you're a mean nasty person like you are ugly like i don't care how your clothes look i don't care how your hair looks like something about you like radiates this ugliness and even if you're you know pretty from the outside it doesn't it changes that it definitely changes that so i think being beautiful is how you make others feel and so, yeah, it took me a really long time. I mean, only now, 30 years old, I went to an interview with no eyelashes and I wear, I don't wear fake eyelashes anymore. I have like my little gaps and my little sprouts growing in and I do feel beautiful now. Like I can look at myself and still feel beautiful, but geez, that took so long. It took forever. <laughs> <laughs> it took forever. Yeah. You know, I think beauty is like for me, something that's like beautiful is some someone that's like really honest, really open and like really cares deeply like about other people. I think, oh my God, I'm such a fucking like Pinterest board, <laughs> but like it's so like, it's so, 
I don't want it to be like I don't I literally like don't want to be beautiful and sometimes I have this debate of like I'm only saying that because I already have a boyfriend and he loves me and like you know all this stuff but I don't know I I do think about like oh yeah if he like dumped me tomorrow I still don't want to be like perceived by a man that's like horrifically insulting to me (laughs) yeah I just think like who be beautiful I don't know you just have a feeling of comfort with somebody and that it shouldn't like being visually beautiful can is like fun and it's like okay I'm not saying like it's bad to be that um I just think it's kind of like a like a pie chart and beauty is like a little bit too big of a slice and that like I think it would be nice to slice it up a little bit yeah it's like people are so multifaceted and it's kind of a shame that we don't get to like see that um, because a lot of people are like afraid to like share who they really are and what they're really going through. But I think that's like the best part of like other people. (laughs) Yeah. Something that makes me feel sad is thinking about the different ways I've held myself back. Like Joy said earlier, The main word I used to describe my BFRB was bad. It was just so heavy. I was so disgusted by my own hands. And I think that was rooted in how I viewed my own body. I hated falling into a stereotype of being just some generic Asian guy. My self-confidence just chipped away over time. I felt like I lacked willpower and discipline. If I couldn't do something as simple as stopping to pick my own hands, how could I do anything else? We talk about recovery and success in Fidget a lot. A huge part of that journey for me has been to see myself in a new way outside of my BFRB. So I asked Barbara and Joyce, in what ways have their BFRBs held them back? And what are they doing to reclaim it now? I'm like 5'11", so I'm pretty tall. If I want to wear like, you know, six inch heels and guys are like, oh, you're so tall. Like, oh, I didn't notice. Like, you know, it's just like those things like I'm wearing now I want to dress to make me happy. I'm not dressing to like gain the attention of someone, some stranger at the bar. You know, like there was a shift of like, I want to protect my girls, first of all. Like, you know, I want I want everyone to be like protected and safe and, and all that. And I also want to do things because I feel like I look pretty. Not because I'm thinking that you might think I look pretty when I don't even know you. Why do I care if you think I look pretty? You know what I mean? Like that's so, it's just a weird thought that I, you know, feel like I had. Why do I care? This stranger, like, I don't know you. You don't know me at all. Like I I should just do things for me. So I used to be really self-conscious of like swimming around other people because I didn't like um, that when my hair was white, it looked even more thin. And, you know, I would just like, be really upset and like hate like how I looked but ever since moving to Victoria maybe it's something in the air they pump out here I you know started ocean swimming and I think it's not just like the swimming part but the people that I go with I I met up with this like random group of older ladies they're all like in their 50s and 60s and they go swimming almost every day and they like we have a Facebook like group chat and it's like 7 30 see you there it's like okay see you there but I was really like 
afraid of swimming for a really long time. But I also knew that I loved it. Like, it was the best feeling. In the, like, even in Mississauga, there's, like, nowhere to swim. I found places to swim. I have a bunch of secret spots that, like, no one knows about. I would just risk it all. I would go swim because none of my friends wanted to go either. But I was like, damn, like, I really like swimming. It's too bad I, like, held myself back from it for so many years. That's like a very specific example. Something I mentioned in a previous episode, but the past year has been the first in 10 where my hands don't consistently have open cuts on them, where it doesn't hurt to use them anymore. And to celebrate, I've been learning how to play the guitar. (laughs) That's me playing right now. Previously, I wouldn't have felt ready to show you guys. I would have wanted it to be perfect. I didn't have the confidence to do something imperfectly. But waiting for the perfect moment has held me back so much in my life. I don't want to wait anymore. Pretend this episode, I have one last clip from Joyce. And last year, I like I shaved my hair myself, which I was very proud of, um, and it really felt like reclaiming haircut time. I like put on my favorite Taylor Swift album. It's Reputation. Reputation's the best. FYI, everybody, all the listeners back home, everyone stream Reputation. It's so good. So I put on like you know my favorite music. I like you know tried to relax and like make it really fun, and I shaved off my hair. And I was like, I feel like that was the first step to you know the haircut haircut journey yeah yeah and then last week i went to a real life hair salon where a real life human cut my hair (laughs) (laughs) yeah big milestone that's great joyce i was so nervous leading up to it if you want to find out how joyce's haircut went follow her on instagram Pull yourself together or come hang out in our CBSN support group. It's every other Wednesday and always so much fun. Thank you again to Barbara from the Trickster Diaries. She just released a guided journal filled with prompts to help unpack the language you use to talk about your own BFRB. And we'd love to hear your definition of beauty. Send it to us at fidgetpodcast at gmail.com or through our Instagram at fidgetpodcast. Thanks to Cheyenne for our logo, Thomas for our theme music. I want to give an extra special thanks to Thomas in this episode. Thank you so much for all the help on my guitar journey. I appreciate it so much. But until next time, stay tuned.